You're listening to the Riverside Voice. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. And tonight we're going to talk about three topics involving food. Yum! Yeah, it's something we love. Lauren is going to recap a great interview she had with Kate Burke, a local trailblazer in the, what would you say? Fruit tree. Yeah, we'll talk about the Spokane Edible Tree Project. We'll get there. Yes, yes. And then we'll go over Link, which is a great local initiative to pair up farmers with local restaurants and get their fruits and vegetables to you, the patrons at the restaurants. And then we'll cap off with an overview of the local farmers markets. Yeah, so it's going to be a great week. So I t- uh, talked with Kate Burke um, couple days ago and she is an awesome local woman she's young she's only 25 and she is super involved with the local community she um works for the lands council and is involved in a number of nonprofits. um she works with the city on bike infrastructure and about a year ago she started her own nonprofit called the spokane edible tree project and um that sort of came out of some work she had done um with AmeriCorps and Second Harvest as an AmeriCorps volunteer. Um, And it's based off of a Portland project called the Portland Fruit Tree Project. Um, And basically her goal is to educate the community about underutilized resources. And so what she does is she finds fruit trees in the the area that are not being used. you know, everyone has seen those fruit trees where fruit just rots on the branches and falls to the grounds and just attracts insects and doesn't really do anything to help anyone. Um, so she talks to people who have those kind of trees and gets them permission to harvest the fruit and then donate it to local food banks. So then it can be um, used by the homeless people that need it or people on food stamps or just anyone who needs that fruit. Excellent. And Lauren, how does she maintain this during the winter months? During the winter months, it's a lot of just organization. You know, there just isn't that fresh fruit to be harvested. So it's a lot of organizing it and preparing for the next year and talking with her volunteers and thinking about how to grow the program. And uh, so it's really neat that way. And it's brand new. So she has a lot of goals for it. And one thing that she was telling me is that there's this ancient term called gleaning. And in ancient times, you know, farmers, everyone would have their fields and sometimes they wouldn't be able to harvest everything or they wouldn't have the storage for all the food that they had grown and it was just going to go bad. So after they had harvested things, the poor people of the town or the tribe or the area would be allowed to come and glean off the land. And so they could come and take this food and eat it so that it wouldn't go to waste, which I thought was such a cool system that I had no idea it used to exist. And this is a way to sort of bring that into the modern world. Wonderful. Wonderful. Does she talk about any big challenges she goes through with running this? For her, it's just, it's hard to just have a project of this size that she's managing while she's also working full-time and volunteering in other capacities. So that's been hard for her, but she was talking about just how great all of her volunteers are. And uh, if you are interested in volunteering, you can email her at info at spokaneedibletreeproject.org, all spelled out, just how it sounds. And that's where you could sign up to volunteer. And volunteering could just involve an afternoon of helping to pick some fruits and get them where they can be used. So that's really cool. And another way that you can get involved if you're interested is that the Spokane Edible Tree Project is having a fundraiser on September 25th 
at 6 p.m. in the community building. And they're partnering with uh, Liberty Cider and uh, Victor's Hummus and Boots and a couple of other restaurants. And there's going to be um, free cider and hors d'oeuvres. And all the money goes to the Spokane Edible Tree Project. So tickets for that are $15 online or $20 at the door. Good deal. So that's definitely a really cool um, cool fundraiser and a cool thing to get involved in and a neat way to check out what all those other businesses are doing, too. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what neighborhoods have the most trees, fruit trees in them. Yeah, she didn't yeah. mention that. She is working on... Um, working on mapping all of the oh, fruit trees yeah, yeah. in the community and that you can find that online. I don't have that website here, but it's easy to find if you just Google it. Um, and that map is really sparse right now. That's a project that's totally in its infancy, but that's going to have all of these fruit trees mapped. And the idea being that these are trees where it's been, you know, permitted that if you're just walking around and you walk past one of these trees, you can grab some blackberries or a or whatever is growing there because they're not being used otherwise. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool, and that'll also sort of answer that question, I think. No, no, that's fantastic. Getting energy out there to use a resource that we don't really think about that much and helping out the hungry and also... Yeah, and she said that yeah. people um, people who live in homes, you know, when she knocks on the door or leaves them a letter or something... Um, that has a fruit tree, they're usually super receptive to this project. And they're like, yeah, you know, it, it just rots and attracts bugs. That doesn't, please take it. That would help me. That's one less chore I have to do True. in the summer. True. So that, I thought that was really cool. It's a, it makes life easier for people on both sides, mm-hmm. which is cool. You don't see a lot of projects like that. Yeah, and almost one step forward, speaking of projects like Mm -hmm. that, there was this program called Fresh Abundance, Hmm. and it used to be located on Division over in the Gonzaga district, and it was led by a young woman who basically wanted her, her clients or her customers to get a fresh box of fruits and vegetables each week delivered to her, and she would get those from farms mostly from peach, like mm-hmm. community, through the community peach program. Okay. And yeah, and unfortunately that's not running anymore, but I mean, why go grocery shopping every week when you could just have this, this box of fruits delivered to you each yeah, week? Yeah, I think there are other places we can sign up for those community agriculture fairs. I'm not sure exactly, that's exactly what they're called, but you can sign up and you pay a certain fee and you get produce sent to you every week that's... A lot of times it's local, I think, so that's cool. Excellent. Yes. Yeah, so this is a really cool project that Kate Burke is working on, and I really encourage you to check it out and learn more about it. Cool. Me too. I second that. Good job, Kate. All right, so now we're going to talk a little bit about LINK. LINK is spelled I-L-I-N-C, and it's a program developed by Beth Robinette and Joel Williamson. And they both went through a sustainable MBA program in Seattle, and they said, this is great. We need to contact farmers and talk with restaurants and see if there's a way that farmers could sell vegetables to restaurants that's cost-effective, market-competitive, and also is all-around healthier for the community. So I don't know their story about why they came back to Spokane from Seattle, but I, I do know that some of the some of the restaurants and 
executive chefs have been receptive to Link because it's cheaper for them to get this food from Link rather than go through Food Service America or Sodexo or a big name food corporation. And it's better for the environment, of course. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. What does Link yeah. stand for? Oh, you know? I don't know. Okay. Yes. I thought it might stand for something if it's spelled with a C. Yes, yes. It it is it does stand for something. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me just pull that up. But I I'm really excited about this project. It was an Indiegogo campaign that was recently launched last month. Oh wow, great. In, in August, yes. So let's see. Mm-hmm. And the people who are running it are very intelligent and able to put this all together. So let's see. So are there a lot of farms in the neighborhood? Farms in the neighborhood? In or the area. In, in the area? Yes. I don't know about the exact number, but what I've seen through farmer's markets, there's a lot within a 50-mile radius. Cool. Oh, it stands for Local Inland Northwest Cooperative. Okay. Yes. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me, oh, I forgot what my question was there. Do you know how long this project, uh, this project has been going on? Did you say it's just been a month? Yeah, it's just been a month. Yep, it, I first came across it in the Inlander and started poking into it more, and they have a website, and they surpassed their goal, it looks like, for an Indiegogo campaign that was in August. Great. So, do you have any idea which restaurants are involved? Mm. I know it says on the Inlanders <laughs> news feed about that. I would yeah, awesome. Well, yeah. I will have to check that out because I would yes. love to go support some restaurants that mm-hmm. are supporting local farmers. That's that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Great way to like great way to eat some local produce and not have to cook it yourself. Yes, but if you do want to cook, there's always the farmers markets in Spokane. Now, Lauren, have you ever been to any of the farmers markets? I have been. Yes, but not very many times. I've mm-hmm. been to the one over on um, South Perry. Yes. And there's one that's closer to downtown. I've been mm-hmm. to that one once or twice. The one up towards the hospital a little yeah. bit? Or, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I used to bike up to that one all the time when I was a student living in Spokane during the summer. And the one on Fifth and Brown is great. It's usually the one people learn about first. Mm-hmm. And so that one is Wednesdays and Saturdays. 8 a.m. till 1 p.m. And it's going on now, the month of September, until October. Okay. Opens up around May, middle part of May. Uh, South Perry goes on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 3 p.m. to 7. Okay. Yep. I'll have to go over there this week. Thursday market. Yes. So much fun. And then the one I learned about this summer was the Emerson Garfield Farmer's Market, and that one is a little bit more tucked away. It's up, you, if you go up Monroe and turn right on Knox, um, it should be at Maxwell and Knox, the intersection there. And it's just in a little kind of parking area, much smaller, mm-hmm. but I... What is that? Is that near anything that I would recognize? Did you ever volunteer at Women and Children's Free Restaurant? Mm-mm. Let's see. But it's up on the south up on the south hill or Oh north. North. It's, okay. It's north. I'm going the wrong way. <laughs> okay. But it's on the north. 
Yeah, yeah, it's on the north end. Not two significant landmarks there. Well, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, no, but I, I loved it. I got the most delicious apples and jalapeno peppers there. Mm-hmm. When is that And one? kale. That one's on Fridays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's convenient. Uh-huh. Yep, right before the weekend. Perfect. So you can go after work. I'm not positive on the hours with that one, but I've been really pleased with it. Great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, farmer's markets are so cool. It's a great way to, to see people from the community and support farms that are local and make myself eat things that don't come in a box. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. It doesn't create more waste. Right. It decreases that. And no, you just feel good. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, you just for feel sure. good about eating it. Yeah, I love the um, the South Perry Market because there's all that other stuff going on right yeah. there, too. There's yeah. South Perry Pizza and the brewing company and the shop right there. It's one of my favorite places. Yes. Um, so there's just so much, so many other things, and there's a lot of community there. And that's great timing because I think all of those farmers markets are going on through the rest of September. Yes. So there's still time to check them out before winter sets in. Exactly. So when you're looking up Spokane Edible Tree Project, take a peruse through the farmers market. Yeah. And try to figure out where you can go out for dinner so you can support Link. Yes. And ask, yeah, ask at your restaurant if they've heard about Link. Yeah, that might be a good way to spread the word as well. Yeah, so. it'd be great to get um, even more Spokane restaurants having local produce. Yes, that would be really cool. Yes, nice. Um, so I don't know if we have any other topics for this week. No, but next week we will. We've got a lot of stuff coming up next week. Yeah, <laughs> yes, last week stuff. You know, we're new to the podcasting thing. This yes. week is a little rough. <laughs> <laughs> We've been, we've been getting our hands dirty and yes. So, (laughs) yeah. So next week we will be visiting, is it Cider Works? Yeah. Liberty Liberty Cider Works. Yep. Which was mentioned by Lauren for the. Yeah. They're partnering with the Spokane Edible Project as a sponsor and they're going to be at their, um, at their fundraiser. So we'll check them out next week and then we can tell you for sure if it's worth going to the fundraiser. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I am going to finalize research for urban farming in Spokane. Talk to some people who raise chickens. Some more local food stuff. With Yes, within the city limits. I'll also be um, checking back in with the Give Real Change marketers and see how that campaign wrapped up. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, as always, uh, questions, comments, ideas for future topics or cool people that we should talk to, send all those to riversidevoicepodcast at gmail.com. And subscribe to us on iTunes. Yes. All right. Thank you, Spokane. Check back in next week.